Hi, I'm Carice Hendrick. I've been in the anti-fraud space for well over a decade, working with hundreds of the biggest online companies in the world to help them prevent payment fraud. On these solo episodes, I will primarily be speaking about online fraud that impacts e-commerce companies. But if you're not in online fraud prevention, but are fascinated with scams and financial fraud, stick around. You'll more than likely learn several ways to protect yourself against cyber criminals too. Welcome to the Online Fraudcast. Let's start this episode off with a joke. This is courtesy of my 15-year-old daughter, who I believe saw this on TikTok, so keep that in mind. COVID spelled backwards is Devok. What Devok is happening? Ha ha ha. Sorry. (laughs) I feel like we all just need a laugh, even if it's at a super corny joke written by a bored teenager who's stuck in their house. I know last week I said that we are going to try to balance um, less COVID-related content, but you guys, that's like all we can think about right now because it's impacted every part of our lives. Um, Regardless of where you live in the world, it's impacting you. It's impacting you physically where you most likely are staying home and and working from home it's impacted um hopefully it hasn't impacted you physically in getting the virus um but i know millions of people have been impacted i've had um, people in my life who have been sick and thankfully recovered but i also have friends of friends or family of friends who have passed away as well so um, i think we've all been impacted that way it's also impacting us mentally. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit today. Um, Obviously, this isn't a self-help podcast, but I do know that a lot of fraud fighters listen to this um, and listen to these episodes, especially uh, whether you're on the vendor side or the merchant side or the consultant side. Um, This has impacted us work-wise as well. Um, Whether that is from being furloughed, being laid off, having to work from home and balance that with taking care of your kids and teaching them something. Um, (laughs) It really varies from structured to no structure at all, depending on the school district, the teachers and the parents bandwidth, let's be honest. Uh, It also has impacted us. There's also a lot of people who have, maybe they haven't lost their job, but other people in their company have lost their jobs. So they're having to take the place of several people or they're stressed that their teams may they may have to lay people off on their teams it just it really runs the gamut as far as what specifically you're dealing with but i have to say i mean i've literally spoken to hundreds of merchants at this point in the last eight to ten weeks um in retail and travel and ticketing and online gaming and all areas um and it's impact the specifics are different for everyone but i think the general feeling is uncertainty uncertainty leads to stress and fear and just really 
a lot of unknowns and unknowns can be hard i mean if we really think about it everything is uncertain there's nothing that is certain um they say in the u.s anyways that the only thing um that you can count on is death and taxes um but I think we all have learned to get used to normalcy and so many things aren't normal i mean even just going to the grocery store is completely different than it was three months ago uh at least in my state in my country um i know that there are some states southern especially that are pretty much back to normal i mean brett's working out in a gym which you know i am not his wife i am not his mother i'm not his sister And actually, he's editing this, so he's probably rolling his eyes. But I already yelled at him, so it's fine. Um, But no, so I, um, you know, we're all in varying states of uh, going back to normal, question mark. But I don't think everything will be. We're grieving the loss of fun events and trips and conferences. Um, I actually would be leaving the cmp summit right now in an alternate universe um because it was going to be this week or this past week um so yeah you know just lots of changes i was really looking forward to going to FraudCon in tel aviv this year uh i just had the time of my life uh there last year and not just because i won the international legend of fraud award uh that was just a cherry on top but the people and the food and the scenery i just i really was looking forward to going this year and i've started to feel the sadness of that so we have a lot lot to grieve um i'm gonna be super honest right now and this isn't something i usually do when having work conversations but um you know just so you guys know that (laughs) i'm not talking from a place of everything is sunshine and roses over here um throughout this pandemic i just feel like there's been one thing after another after another i was listening to a podcast yesterday um that she was saying that tragedy is like a never-ending bogo um bogo here stands for buy one get one um usually like buy one get one free uh and even when your cart is full you they just keep adding it on um and that's not to be seen as like a victim standpoint it's just like oh my gosh are you done yet and i don't know how many times i've just said 2020 you can be done now um but about six or seven weeks ago i lost a very close family member to me um who has meant a great deal to me throughout my life um it was not covid related so i did get to say goodbye to them um, in person about a month before they passed away. But when uh, we knew that it was going to be the time, I had to say my final goodbye via FaceTime. Um, And that was hard. And I know I'm not the only one. Um, Additionally, three weeks ago, I found out that someone in my immediate family that I, that is also (laughs) extremely important to me, um, has cancer. So thankfully it is stage one and the doctors are confident, but just having to go through the surgery and treatments and appointments and everything during this is is stressful. Um, Also trying to balance my daughter's mental health in, you know, 
not being in school for several months and being stuck at home. And I think it's like the ultimate torture for teenagers to be stuck at home with their parents, even though she's a great kid and we all get along. I know she needs her social circle and her friends and all of that. So it's been hard. And I guess I think the first step for like going through anything hard is just to admit that it's hard. Um, It's not easy, but the things giving me comfort right now is that I'm not alone. I mean, we are all in this together in one way or another. Other things giving me comfort are the fact that I've been through hard things before and I, I know I will be okay. I'm resilient. And in a way, I find myself getting kind of excited for a fresh start. And that probably sounds super cheesy. But here's the thing. I think we're all stressed out. Our reality has completely changed in three months. It's possible that you've been laid off, that you've been furloughed and don't know when and if you'll return. It's possible that you're really, really busy and can't think straight. Um, There's just a hundred different realities that you're probably experiencing that I couldn't even assume. Um, And I guess what I first wanted to say is that you're not alone and we're all in this together. And like I said, that that gives me hope and and, um, also gives me some some peace and some calm knowing that I'm not the only one. Um, I also have hope because like I said, I've, I've been through hard stuff before and I um, I know I will again. And so that's where the hopefulness in my, in my voice comes from. Also, I have been in this industry in fraud prevention for over 15 years. That means that towards the beginning of my career was the uh, Great Recession of 2008 to 2010, 11, 12, depending on who you ask. Um, and... I saw a lot of innovation come out of that time, um, just as far as e-commerce goes. Um, There's so many companies and business models now that exist that came out of that time, marketplaces and the gig economy and all of those things that, you know, have employed a lot of people in our industry, uh, whether in fraud prevention, trust and safety, payments, um, Cybersecurity is a close cousin to fraud prevention. All of those areas have grown. Um, Fraud was something that was super, super niche prior to the recession. Uh, There were like less than 250 attendees uh, at the 2009 fraud conference for the Merchant Risk Council, which was the only conference um, for e-commerce fraud and payments at at the time. Uh, So, you know, you look at it now, last year, um, there were over 1,600 people. So in a way, that economic downturn actually increased our job security. Um, Why? Because desperate people do desperate things. There was no such thing as friendly fraud, really, um, until then. That was when um, I moved from a startup because I was working at a startup during 2008 and really uh, took my job too seriously trying to keep the company afloat by stopping fraud and um, you know lowering payment costs and doing all that um, and I, I saved them a couple million dollars but um, between the recession and bad management there was no um, you know just bad leadership there was no recovering from that but 
Um, and I say that as, you know, all the investors walked away and, and all of that in 2010. So I'm not <laughs> trying to disparage a company that's still around. Uh, but I was able to move to Expedia and work on a friendly fraud project for chargebacks because that was a real problem then. People were going on trips but calling their bank and saying that they um, their card was stolen or that it wasn't as described. Um, I know I've told the story about uh, the family that went on a $12,000 vacation to Hawaii as a family and it was inclusive and uh, they uh, charged it back because not as described because there was too much seaweed on the beach and that wasn't advertised on the website. Um, I have no doubt that that kind of thing is going to happen again now. Um, Actually, I already can tell that there's going to be a new a uh, new branch of friendly fraud uh, that Brett and I will be talking about soon. We we kind of mentioned it already um, on a previous episode as far as refunding fraud um, or refunding friendly fraud, depending on what we're calling it. Um, but we'll get into that more later. But I think that there's going to be a resurgence of people using their own card but trying to get things for free, which is still a loss to the company and, and needs to be prevented proactively as well as try to be recovered reactively. I also know that there's just going to be more fraud in general. We've seen fraud of all kinds surge in the last three months, whether it's phishing scams, whether it's you know the unemployment fraud, what, stimulus fraud. And these are just in the U.S. I know there's a lot internationally as well. Um, a lot of you know phone call scams and credit card fraud and ID theft and synthetic fraud, and it, it's just going to increase. And that in a way for us, just for the people that are in fraud prevention, that's a good thing. I'm seeing several companies uh, start to hire right now. Um, I actually started a group on LinkedIn that anyone's welcome to join uh, for fraud and payments and chargeback jobs. Um, Just go to my page or you can search for it. I, I'm doing my best, uh, you know, to try to help where I can, uh, when I can. And because uh, before a lot of people would just contact me with a job posting and say, who do you know? And I would h- hope that people would come to mind who had told me that they were looking for a job. And I, I have been able to help several people get a job. But I also that's not something I get paid for. And I, I had to be able to uh I'm good at it, but like that, I it was taking too much time. So, um, anyway, there there are opportunities, and there will be opportunities. It doesn't maybe make you feel better right this second, but because I've lived through something similar, at least on the economic side, I have hope and faith that in this industry, it's going to do nothing but grow. Um, that might mean. You know, hopefully that means that there will be less geographic changes, though. Maybe, hopefully, companies are realizing that some people can work from home. Uh, it is a little more challenging when you're in a management position, but I have some friends who are excellent managers who are doing a great job at that. I think that 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 gives me hope for sure that there's going to be more of a resurgence. Um, also, I feel like whenever there's an end to something, an end to this previous normalcy in this case, that also means there's a beginning. And in a way, after the really tough few months that I've had, I'm looking forward to a new beginning. Uh, I know 
for me, my, my business has been impacted by this for sure. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate that I had some really good months uh, leading up to this um, and that I have a good reputation and word of mouth and uh have clients still but i did lose a couple clients that just um you know who i really really liked but just needed to um take a time out or you know stop and i totally get it um it it's stressful but at the same time i have to intentionally focus on the good and on the hope um we don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, uh, but I do have anxiety and depression as well. Um, I'm just a hot mess and I'm admitting it all today. Uh, but I have for about seven years. I worked way too hard and, and cared way too much in my previous, uh, just in the corporate world in general, but especially in the, in the last major job that I had before uh, starting my own business. I actually started my business out of necessity, not because I was like, I want to be a consultant and I want to make a lot of money. I... Do we all want to be comfortable and find yes? Do I do this so that I can buy a boat or live a lavish lifestyle? Absolutely not. I I love to help people. Um, but I started this because I burnt myself out. I worked so hard. I cared too much. I really focused. I, I think I thought I was saving lives or something. And I just, I never refueled myself and I just kept going and I had a string of um, injuries and, and surgeries and accidents. I mean, it was insane. It was an 18 month period where I had major hip surgery, two pretty serious car accidents where I now have major or uh, permanent nerve damage in my neck. And uh, then I broke my ankle on a work trip and still had to work on it for three days. Uh, so <laughs> that burned out my nerves and gave me fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain condition uh, impacting your nerves and causing a lot of joint achiness. So I can't always work a full eight to 10 hours, five to seven days in a row like I used to, not even close. And, and if I do travel to a client or to a conference and have two to three days of craziness, it will take me two to three days to recover afterwards. So I needed to be able to have a flexible schedule. And thank goodness for cardnotpresent.com. They offered me a part-time job. And um, I had always wanted to be a consultant, but was just scared. And it was risky. And risk is, I mean, for those of us that spent our entire career being risk adverse, uh, thinking about owning your own business and not having a steady paycheck is extremely terrifying. But I thought, well, we're going to give it a try. And so it's because of things like that that I realized, okay, I was able to reinvent myself. Okay, I was able to pivot. Um, not everyone's path is going to be like mine, nor should it be. Um, but I'd encourage you to think about other options. Uh, you know, what? what is it about this career that you love to do? Is it the data analytics? Is it the people management? Is it helping other people and, you know, speaking at conferences? What what lights you up? Uh, if you want a book recommendation, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Uh, no relation. I don't have an S in the last name of my last name. Or um, I don't have an S in the end of my last name. Uh, so he talks about your zone of genius uh, versus your zone of excellence, competence, and incompetence. And it's a really good way to just, you know, write out on a grid about your job or anything like, what am I 
you know, what am I, what do I not do well at? And I could list off a million. I really am bad at administrative stuff. (laughs) I've sometimes forgotten to set, like I finished a project about a month ago and my client at the end of the project was like, can you please send us an invoice so we can pay you? (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, that's probably important. Uh, I'm not good. That's my zone of incompetence. And that is why I hired a very part-time assistant so that now she can do my invoices and she can stay on top of that. Um, What is your zone of competence? What can you do? But it doesn't really light you up. You don't really care, but you you do an okay job at it. Uh, What is your zone of excellence? What is something that you do better than most people, but doesn't really light you up you're just you're good at it uh and then what is your zone of genius what lights you up what makes you excited for me it's sharing information with people it's speaking at conferences as a keynote it's doing this podcast it's helping people uh with chargebacks i i love chargeback strategy and optimization uh then there's a lot of opportunity there and so it also is very rewarding and satisfying because you know after all the work is done I can see, wow, we reduced your cost by 30, 40, 50. One one time it was 60%. Um, It was incredible. So that's the fun part. And that's the stuff that lights me up. So that's what I should be focusing on. I would highly recommend if you're in a position where you're just like, I don't know what's next. Instead of acting out of desperation, instead of acting out of fear. Now, granted, you might have to get a job for a little bit that is not your zone of genius. Just, you know to keep paying the bills and I've been there and you know then that's a job for a reason and for a time and you can always explain it away on your resume because every one of us has been impacted by COVID in some way or another so that's easy to do I know a great online fraud fighter who is currently working for a bank right now because that was what they could get and that was what they needed um but that doesn't mean that they're not planning on coming back soon and that they aren't highly skilled now they're dual skilled on both banking and e-commerce i told them imagine how much more beneficial you'll be to your next employer on the e-commerce side when you know the banking side um maybe look at things like as an opportunity and not as a have to uh but if you are in a place where you can kind of chart out your next role think about what lights you up because if it lights you up you're going to be the very best at it and you're going to give your employer your very best and that um is a great feeling but that also is very good job security um so that would be you know some pieces of advice another thing that kind of an inspiring story that I heard recently, and I actually didn't realize that it was um, the origin story of it. I knew that there was a fraud fighter who I think extremely high of, and they're now at the director level and have worked for some of the biggest marketplaces online. Um, they were a teacher 12 years ago and were laid off by the school district because they were a fairly new teacher. And they kind of fell into being a fraud analyst and now they're considered you know they're highly regarded and sought out for advice and also just one of my favorite humans in general so it's amazing you know i get excited about that kind of thing i'm choosing to focus on the growth and the just rejuvenation and 
um, resilience. I I get inspired by those stories. I um, I've actually started watching the. I don't watch a lot of YouTube because I feel like I'm too old for it, but um, or too young, depending on. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a big gap in the demographic, but. Um, I started watching John Krasinski's uh, YouTube show, Some Good News, and I found that that put me in a good mood. Uh, There was a study actually uh, referenced recently, but it was from 2012 or 14, where Facebook did a study where they showed only negative news and negative posts and all that to one group of people and very positive news and posts to another group of people. And Obviously, the people who were seeing all the negative stuff, that's also what they were posting. That's also what they were thinking about. That was also what they were talking about. The people who were seeing the positive information, that was what they were posting about. That's what they were spreading and sharing with their friends. So... I choose to be in that second camp. That does not mean that I am not a realist and see exactly what's going on and have my own opinions about it. It just means that to me, because of my struggles with anxiety and depression, I know that if I don't look at the future and the good things and and the tiny victories and the silver linings, that I'm going to go into a dark hole and not ever going to want to come out. And to be completely honest with you, the reason why I wasn't on several podcasts this season was because I was really going through it and I was really having a hard time with the death of my family member and then the cancer diagnosis and other things that piled on um and I really appreciate Brett for stepping up and and doing it solo I I had to take a little time but I also was able to work with my doctor to get things settled and and come up with some coping strategies and and all of that and um, one way that I start my day is with a gratitude journal and that sounds so cheesy I didn't want to do it for the longest time but it's really helped my outlook when I can say you know what I'm grateful because of this and that it it changes my mindset for the rest of the day Uh, and it allows me to then be in a really good headspace to help my clients or prospective clients or do a webinar or whatever is on my daily plan for the day so if you're feeling stressed out and down and just uncertain by all this uncertainty i think i would just encourage you to think about the good things to think about what you want your next chapter to look like to appreciate your time with family even though they're probably driving you bonkers and you want a new family um i thankfully am not in that position and i i write my gratitude journal almost every day a different thing that i'm thankful for my family members for my husband and my daughter and i think that that also helps me uh forget or not dwell on the annoying things that drive me crazy uh but i think that you know it's important to be kind to yourself and to others if you're working right now and you're super stressed out and you're doing a million people's different jobs. I mean, when I worked for the startup uh, during the recession, they kept laying people off and laying people off and then giving me chunks of their workload. And finally, when they laid off a VP and gave me like half of his workload, despite me just being a manager, I went straight to the CEO and may have told him to go F himself. Um, But ironically, I actually got a raise, which (laughs) 
I don't think would ju- I wouldn't necessarily advise that to anyone else but he had never heard me swear before so I think that like shocked him and I think he also realized okay if she's talking to me like this there's probably a reason for it and uh, I was working 80 90 hours a week and I was a single mom and I wasn't making that much money I think I was making under 50,000 at the time and was just so stressed out and seeing the numbers and seeing our sales drop was really hard for me and but trying to put on a brave face for my team because I didn't want them to worry and so I just lost it and I thought I was going to be fired that was on a Friday and I like took all my personal files off my computer and was ready to go and I was like okay I'm going to get laid off I'm I'm ready for it I'll collect unemployment and get something else but I just I can't do it anymore and unfortunately or unfortunately on Monday he called me into his office as I expected and said I thought a lot about what you said and I was like that was three words, but okay. And he gave me a very small raise, but a raise nonetheless. Um, so I wouldn't recommend getting to that point. Uh, what I would recommend doing is, uh, you know, everything's in hindsight, but what I recommend doing is uh, getting with your leadership and saying, okay, these are all the things that I'm doing, or these are all the things that my team is doing. What is a priority to you and to the business? Um, setting some boundaries and some guidelines. I think that's really important for the long term. This is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And that can be daunting in itself to think about. Um, when I first kind of had to realize that my fibromyalgia was chronic, that was really hard for me to come to terms with because I kept thinking, oh, well, when it's over, when I feel better, I'm going to do this and this and this. And and when I don't have this crazy nerve pain, I'm going to you know go on a big trip and do all these things and I'm going to do that. And then after two years of you know doing a lot of things, I realized there's small things that make it feel better and and make it better for me to work and you know get out of bed more and do all those things. And now I'm pretty highly functioning compared to several years ago. Um, but I realized it was chronic, and I think that's similar to this. Like we all kind of have to realize, okay, this is maybe there are going to be some things that aren't ever going to be the same again, and that can that's really hard and I think it's important that we grieve those I think it's important that we grieve the hopes and dreams and plans and um, exciting you know trips that we had planned um, you know I was excited about going to FrogCon. Um, you know, I I think it's important to grieve that and be sad, but then say, okay, but what can I control? What can I do? Um, and that's just really what I wanted to share with you guys today. I, I'm just hearing a lot of sadness and uncertainty from everyone I'm talking to. And I guess the purpose of this podcast was just to say, hey, you know what? I'm going through it too. And it's not easy. And some days really suck, but some days are pretty awesome. And I am intentionally choosing to do everything I possibly can to focus on the good and to focus on the next plans and to focus on what's next. I, in my business, had a goal that I actually set a year ago, um, almost exactly a year ago. And I just haven't had the time or ability to work on it because I've been consistently busy the last year, which, oh my gosh, am I thankful for. Uh, But now that there's some downtime, I'm able to focus on that. Uh, Have I been kind of getting in my own way and procrastinating because it kind of scares me a little bit? Yeah. But I know that it's something that people have been asking for and something that could help uh, this industry and um, 
be a good extension of my business. And so I'm committing to work on that. And this is kind of my way of holding myself accountable by telling what 1500 people, depending on how many of you are still listening uh, about it. So, um, you know, watch for that, but also be thinking about what you can do. What it, do you have a side hustle? Do you have a craft you like to do? I mean, sky's the limit. Let's reinvent ourselves. And I'm, Gosh, I can just hear Brett being like, okay, Pollyanna. Uh, But like I said, that's kind of what I have to do for my sanity and help. And I actually hope it helps people because what I'm finding is that I have a lot of practice feeling the way that a lot of people are feeling right now. Um, I have a lot of experience feeling like things are never going to get better or overwhelmed and overworked. Um, So I guess I, I just wanted to pop on here and say, like, you know, you're not alone. I've made it through a lot of really sticky situations that I wasn't sure how it was going to be. Our career paths are not linear. They sometimes go up and down. No one is going to manage your career by yourself. And so maybe now's the time that you say, huh, I didn't really enjoy that job. What would I enjoy? And know that there are starting to be jobs posted. There are some companies, I mean, there was one retailer I talked to just last week that said that they've been consistently having Black Friday and Cyber Monday numbers for sales. They're adding a significant number of people to their team, both in customer service and and fraud prevention. Um, There's other companies as well that are busy So look for those opportunities, look for those silver linings. And I'm actually looking forward to in 10 years being able to look back and say, wow, that pandemic sucked. It impacted a lot of companies. It impacted a lot of people. It was really hard. But look at all these companies that now exist in its place. Look at all these jobs that have been created in a new industry. Look at how far our industry has come because of the technology or the new perspectives that have been added by all the new people that have joined. That's what I'm looking forward to. And so that's what I'm holding on to. And I hope it brings you a little bit of hope and happiness too. Talk to you soon. That's it for this episode of the Online Frogcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you learned a lot. You know, between Brett and I, we've got a lot of fraud to talk about on this show. So subscribe to the Online Frogcast to be alerted when a new episode's out. And please tell your friends and rate and review where you can to help others learn about these important topics too. Feel free to drop us a line just to say hello, or we love to hear what you like about the show how we can improve, and what topics you want to hear us discuss. You can find us at onlinefrogcast.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or find us individually on LinkedIn. Until next time, stay informed, stay vigilant, and stay secure. jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.